Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. Happy Impeachment Day! Happy Impeachment Day to you. It's the most wonderful wonderful time time of of the year. year. I'm so excited. It's been thrilling to sit and watch congressmen give speeches on MSNBC and CNN and talk about all this stuff. It's been so exciting to watch Republicans turn themselves into political contortionists. Oh, my God. The arguments. I can't even understand. You are propping up Russia. You are supporting Trump's lawlessness. And you are pretending that you are making. They act like you deserve a vigorous defense. Like we're in a court of law. Yes. Rather than you work for the people who elected you to uphold the Constitution and the president, even though he's part of your party, may deviate from what is best for the people and what is constitutional. It's incredibly important for them to uphold chief bone spurs in defense of the indefensible, which is, you know, holding up aid to a country to appease your boothang, Putin. So that's what we did here is that it was like Putin was just like, can you do this for me, baby? And Trump was just like, yeah, let me just let me let me talk to Zelensky for a minute. I want to do two things because I want to stop using the term quid pro quo because it's not a quid pro quo. It's extortion or an attempt at extortion. Correct. And I want to bring in the guest who knows far more about this than I do. I don't know about you, but I know a lot because I watch Law and Order. So I don't know why you don't, but that's my degree, and I think that it's functional. Ellie Mistal is the executive editor of Above the Law. He's a contributor at the Nation. He's on MSNBC all the time. He was on my Politicon panel, which is on my other podcast, Toray Show. That was hot, Ellie. Is this not just a simple case close? Have we not caught the bank robber with the gun in his hand trying to get the bag? Didn't get the bag, but the gun and the give me the money note is in his hand. And he said, I wrote the note. What are we talking about here? Oh, yes. So, yes. So, yes, we will. Oh, yes, we will. Oh, yes, we will. Impeach. Impeach the mother. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, we will impeach. Them. Yes, we will. Yeah, it's an open and shut case. The man has admitted to the crime in public. There is a memo of a transcript of a call where the crime is spelled out. Fifteen witnesses, many of them decorated military officials, testified to the crime. It's very simple. In the Constitution, we say that we can impeach the president for treason, bribery, and high crimes and misdemeanors. Bribery is right in there as one of the impeachable offenses, and what Trump did was solicit a bribe. Now, usually when we think of bribes, we think of the culprit being the one giving the bribe. But in bribery law, it is also a crime to solicit a bribe. And that is the best way of understanding what Trump did. He solicited a bribe. Bribery is when you try to get a public official to change their actions based on a thing of value. One thing that Republicans want us to talk about is that the attempt did not succeed. Ukraine actually got the money. The investigation did not happen. And that Trump is too dumb. For this to have happened. Right. Right. So, like he's too dumb and the policies are too scattered. This is what Lindsey Graham tried to tap dance and tell us about is that it's too scattered. It's too much of a mess. So how could there possibly? So if he didn't succeed, then you must acquit. OK. So. <laughs> <laughs> so all, Same rhyme. So, so all of those Republican arguments are trash. Let me start with the most trashy one, which is because the crime did not come to fruition, it is not a crime. That is just not how criminal law works, all right? Ah. right. Like attempted murder is still taken very seriously, right? right? If you try to bomb the New York subway and the bomb doesn't go off, guess what? We still arrest your ass for trying to bomb the subway. That's mm. just a thing that happens, right? Specifically with conspiracy, there is no crime called attempted conspiracy because the mere attempt to conspire is, is, is conspiracy. Like there, So we don't even have attempted conspiracy as a crime because the mere attempt for it is all you need to prove so conspiracy. So the fact that Trump, right, and all of his sycophants around him, namely Giuliani, attempted, right, to extort Zelensky, to extort them for the Biden information. The attempt of it is, is enough, is, is, the, is the crime. Like, ends and, the conversation. And Trump the- admitting that on the South Lawn, Mick Mulvaney, his acting chief of staff, admitting that in a press conference... Is in we're, fact we're done. I mean, like the the reason why I tend to use the word bribery as a source as opposed to extortion is just legally speaking, extortion requires much more kind of direct physical threats. You really kind of have to be like, you know, give me this thing. I've got your family. Whereas right. bribery mm-hmm. is is actually a looser standard. And again, the mere solicitation of a thing of value, the investigation into Trump's political rivals is a thing of value. That is the bribe that Trump solicited. Whether or not they paid up has nothing to do with the crime. And like Republicans he, would have us believe that we do this all the time. We give countries money or withhold money to get them to do things. But those things are generally in the national interest and not in the specific interest of one individual. Exactly. We do barter. And, you know, Trump is obviously transactional to his core, right? And we do, I think, to our detriment, to our shame, we do engage in some international transactional practices where we kind of try to use our economic and military might to pressure other countries to doing what we want. The key facet, 
complicit there is we, we the American people, what we want as a nation, our national policy. That's how we generally use our money so, and power to extort people. What Trump was trying to do was use his money and was use our money and power to extort people for his personal, personal. gain. I always try to remind people this at its very core is the same campaign finance violation that he was accused of in the first that he place. was accused of in the first place with Russia that his lawyer Michael Cohen admitted to with the hush money to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal this is a at core campaign finance violation put on steroids and put into onto the so international let me stage. Ask, let me ask this law and order question. <laughs> is ding, it, ding. Dum, dum. <laughs> so is it that the Republicans argument is that because Trump is president of the United States, he is representative of the people. And so then any ask that he has is by the very fact that he's president of the United States is an ask for us. So that that because honestly, this is how I'm trying to understand their like Sesame Street understanding of the law, which is that here we are. Trump is president of the United States. He's representative of the people of the United States. And for our best interest, he was trying to get information on the Bidens because that was somehow going to help us as a nation. This is what they're basically saying. I mean, it, it it's. I hesitate to say it's the Republican argument because the Republicans have so many arguments. They're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that something sticks, right? Yeah. I think what you just said, Danielle, is more properly Mulvaney's argument, I think. I think mm. that's what he's trying to push, this this argument that, like, when the president does it, it's, it's not illegal. Right. Um, which is just effing wrong. That's just not how the law works. And again, you would have to show any kind of evidence that there was something in the national interest here. As many commentators have pointed out, when you read the memo of the transcript of Trump's call, the word corruption is not mentioned. The word Biden is mentioned many, many, many times, right? But he doesn't actually say, because I need you to investigate. And quite frankly, even if all you were asking them to do was to investigate corruption in, in their own country, that's a tenuous United States interest to begin with. That would be a valid one, but that's clearly not what Trump was doing. And Mulvaney's suggestion that this is the kind of horse trading that happens all the time in international policymaking is farcical on its face because what happens all the time is not let's try to get a foreign government to influence our elections. I want to go back to that point really quickly, mm -hmm, though, mm -hmm. because I think it's something that gets lost. One of the ways that Trump will either be impeached or not impeached is whether or not the American people can be made to understand the seriousness of the crime. That he committed a crime, I think, is already obvious to anybody besides Fox News. I mean, anybody even besides, basically paying besides the bubble people. You know, basically paying attention that he committed a crime, that's obvious. Is this a serious crime? And I don't think the Democrats have done the best job possible so far explaining why this is such a serious violation, right? If you are rigging elections with foreign help. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Then that removes people's faith in the entire system. I'm a sports fan. There is a reason why baseball views gambling on games as the death penalty worst thing you can do, right? You can be racist. You can apparently, you know, beat your your children, whatever. They'll look over that. But when they get to the integrity of the game, when people think— fans think it's wrestling— If the fans feel like the game is not on the level, baseball, football, and basketball understand that is the kryptonite to their entire thing. Similarly with our elections, if our elections are not on the level— if we do not feel like the person who wins the American election won an American election as opposed to a global, international, whatever, popularity contest, then that corrupts the entire faith in the system. So when Trump is trying, and as he clearly tried to do, although for whatever reason we're not impeaching him for it, as he clearly tried to do with Russia, as he's clearly trying to do with Ukraine, when he tries to get these foreign actors to influence our elections, he is getting at the very heart of representative democracy. And if people don't understand that, they don't understand why Democrats are so angry about this. How do you not understand that, though? Like, Because here's the thing. I've been blocking Republican trolls today like it is my job. Okay, because people are like, there was no crime that was committed. This is totally okay. And I was just I just want to say I want Adam Schiff to, like, look at Devin Nunez and say to him, just picture it. Imagine that this was Barack Obama. Now go. (laughs) Right. Like, imagine that this was Clinton. Now go. No, Republicans cannot honestly say that if a Democratic president did the same thing, they would be behaving and thinking the same way. And part of what we see here is the rot at the heart Mm -hmm. of the modern GOP, that they have been putting country over party consistently, Consistently. going back to McConnell the day before the inauguration, saying we're going to stop him at every turn, talking about Merrick Garland, talking about obstruction, talking about this entire thing, the way they looked askance when we talked about birtherism, and they didn't say, that's insane. We have many ways to oppose this person. That's not going to be one of them. And this entire thing, they could say, hey, we will support you, but not on this. Come on, dude. But they won't even concede that this is wrong. And they won't even concede that they don't have a consistent defense against this. And we don't have a political problem that we're underlining here. I go back again to Norm Ornstein. We have an asymmetrical problem. We have one party that has gone off the deep end. This is not something that we see Democrats doing. Mm -mm. This is not something that I would support as a Democrat if I saw my party putting party ahead of country. I believe we consistently try to do the best thing for the country. And that is not what the Republican Party is doing in this situation and is not what the Republican Party has been doing for the last at least 12 to 16 years. Yep. I mean, to Danielle's point, what we're seeing from a Republican, what we want Republicans to do is the reverse Matthew McConaughey, right? The now imagine the president was black and then just make it happen, right? Um, um, (laughs) They obviously won't do that. What we're seeing from the Republicans in general is what you're saying, Teray. It is it is is the complete abandonment of any principle other than winning. Right. 
other than winning. And like power. That, they, itself, they, itself. they believe that the winning is so important that the ends justify the means, that whatever they have to do to win is justified. And I don't, even see a core, but... I, don't even, I don't even see a core principle behind winning with the sole exception of getting rid of Roe v. Wade. Beyond that, I don't really know what is it that you are dying to win in order to do. Oh, Handmaid's I Tale. There, I mean, this goes well, so that, far. That, that, no, but it, goes, but, it, but it goes so far beyond Roe v. Wade because I have made the argument multiple times that I've said that this is about Brown versus the Board of Education. This is about things that we think have been settled law that can be relitigated. Now, he has appointed Mitch McConnell, with the help of fucking Chuck Schumer, have single-handedly reshaped. Because where's Chuck Schumer's pushback? Don't even where where has his pushback guy. been to every single fucking federal judge that he has lined up and just been like, yeah, I got it, good, that's okay with us. Just ram them through, ram them through. And Ellie, on Twitter, you have said, why aren't we talking about the packing of the courts when we're talking about the presidential debates? Why is nobody having this conversation about the courts? Why didn't we fucking talk about that when we had a fucking constitutional law professor as president of the United States mm -hmm. to talk about the importance of the mm -hmm. courts as a part of our democracy? We want to leave this up and believe that Republicans are good people at their core, mm -hmm. that they are going to uphold the rule of law, that the Constitution is not just a piece of toilet paper, but in reality, it is to them. And so I think that where we are today, as we we begin this impeachment hearing and you have Bill Taylor laid out. I mean, mm. the man's notes that he took, the text messages that were put up, the idea that he sat there and said, oh, dear God, what is happening? This is crazy. This is literally this is literally insane. We do not hold up aid for a vulnerable foreign country that is vulnerable to the aggression of Russia because everything in life comes back to Russia as it pertains Come to on. Donald Trump. Trump. And on. Hillary Clinton told us, but because she's a woman and she has a high pitch, you know, we can't listen, wow. right? Wow. We, can't, we can't hear her. Wow. The, I want to answer Therese's question about what are they winning because I, I want to trump you a little bit. Huh? It's not just the handmaiden's tale, and I say this among friends. This is kind of why I'm not on television right now. This is about apartheid. Mm. This is that is what they are trying to win. The Republican people, the white people in this nation, have looked at the numbers, can read a demographic graph just as well as anybody else, mm -hmm. and they under, understand mm -hmm. that they will soon be a minority in this country. That mm -hmm. we are going towards being a majority minority nation. Yeah. And how do you keep white power? Yep. In the face of a majority minority nation, well, you do a couple of things. You pack the courts because mm -hmm. the courts are always an anti-democratic check on the will of the majority. When the courts are working well, they're an anti-democratic check on the majoritarian will of the country, right? So you pack the courts, you rig elections, you voter suppress, you do all of these things, you put all of these structures in place so that even if at some point in the future, we can elect another African-American or at some point in the future, we can, you know, God forbid we can elect a woman at some point in our future. Right. Well, you put in all of these structures that so that even <laughs> let's you put in all these structures so that even if the will of the majority finally is willing to take on white supremacy and white power, they can't because structurally they're crazy. unable to and succeed. But this is, that this that is, that is how revolts are. I, this is I how know happen. that that is real because I watched it over and over in the 2016 election mm. that reporters would be talking, mainly on CNN, I saw this over and over, that they'd be talking to these folks. I saw it happen to Van Jones and others. And they would bring up 
this is our last chance. And they were talking about the future demographic shift. They would bring it up without being asked about it. It is present and conscious Mm -hmm. and front of brain in many white minds that this change of the country to majority-minority country is coming soon. Already, if you're under age 10, there are already more people of color than there are white people in this country now. It's not happening because immigrants are surging. It is happening because of people who are already here. Yep, and, but I that's go, where you get— And the, they are already deeply afraid of what but that I need, will lead I need to. to. But I want to dig into the fear portion of it for a minute because these white people, right, white conservatives, white— right-wing radicals that we're talking about also believe that white supremacy doesn't exist, right? That Mm -hmm. it's a manifestation of the left. But their fear and the tactics that they are using actually say otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you feel as if the treatment of black and brown people and LGBTQ people and all marginalized communities is in fact equal, that we're just all up in our heads about it, then why would you be scared of a demographic shift? The only reason mm. why you're terrified of a demographic shift is because you believe that once people of color are in the majority, that they're going to do to you what white people have done to people of color since the beginning of fucking time. Mm-hmm. It is their fear alone that is their tell. It's, they have no poker face around also, white supremacy yep. because their fear is their tell. It is irrational in many ways, but partly because... We as people of color, and I dislike that term because it lumps us and we don't share lots of lots of things. Black, brown and Asian people have different political ideas, different values, different to say nothing of black people have a multitude of values and concerns in politics within all the groups. But to think that because there's more black, brown, and Asian people Mm -hmm. than white people, that we will then do, like, we are not non-white people. We are black people. We are brown people. We are Asian people. And that is fundamentally different than being non-white. So it's not that we're going to now take our moment of power and smush them. We would still have to figure out, like, well, what do we need as black people? What do we need as brown people? What do we need as Asian people? But for them, supremacy is supremacy, right? right? right. And so the way that they understand the function of our systems is that if you are on top, you suppress the bottom. Right. And so by virtue of them fearing, fearing at their core, the idea of what it would be like to be on the bottom, they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. When we talk about white fragility, I mean, this is the fucking thing that I scream about on a regular basis because I said, if everything is okay, if equality actually exists, and I've just been making up white supremacy and I've been making up patriarchy, then this demographic shift should mean nothing to you. Right. Right? It's, it should mean nothing. Right. This discussion is one of the reasons why I still, and I'm, I'm relatively rare in this, where I still give a lot of credit to Andrew de Klerk in South Africa, the white man who ceded power to Nelson Mandela in South Africa. At some point, it's going to take a white representative of these racist asshole people to stand up and say, no, we can work. We can share. We can live. We can be co-equals in this society, right? And I don't know but the math is that totally different. They I, were dealing I, with I, like I agree. They I, were what ten percent, five percent. I agree. They are still forty percent. They, they had and and but but the white South Africans had a much more reasonable fear. I think that revenge would be taken upon them. Yes. Than the white people in this country do, right? Mm-hmm. And yet mm-hmm. they still needed somebody to say for them, like, no, revenge is not 
what's on the offering here. Well, Equality it, is what's on I, the I offering I mean, if we here. could have some sort of truth and reconciliation, right. that would be amazing and just sort of have a national sort of group therapy and just talk about what's going on and what has gone on. But the other part of it that I want to dig into with you, Ellie, the Senate is yeah. the next area of this competition, yes. right? And we already know that there are enough votes in the House to impeach, right? That cake is already baked, right? right? The Senate, and we've seen Jeff Flake, right, from outside of the Senate now say, like, if there was a secret ballot, coward, at least 30 Republicans would vote to impeach him, right? Because we know secretly that behind closed doors, they're like, the guy is crazy. Oh, my God. How do we defend him? But this is nothing they can say publicly because Trump's approval rating remains extraordinarily high. They don't want to get primaried from the right and lose. And I just had Lawrence O'Donnell on my other podcast, and he said, it is a trick question to ask an elected official, what would you not do to get reelected? Because like, well, I, there's nothing that I would <laughs> not do. So This is my whole life. Supporting, I've got no place else to go. Right. So supporting <laughs> Trump, even while you think he's a maniac, he's bad for the country, whatever. Like, well, of course, because I have to support him because 90%, 85% of my district still supports him. So... What do you foresee will happen in the Senate? Will this be yet another House bill that goes to the Senate to die? I refuse to be defeatist about the Senate. I refuse to just give up the ghost and feel like there's no way that he's ever going to get convicted in the Senate. Yes, it is hard. Yes, it is unlikely. But I can count to 20. You need 20 Republican senators to break ranks with Trump and vote with the 47 Democrats and independents in order to convict Trump. And I can count to 20. The way that I do that is this. First, I start with the fact that 23 Republican senators have to run for re-election in 2020. That's 23 Republicans who will have to— Any of them running in blue states? Will have to— I'm going to get there. <laughs> we'll have to convict because Trump. Because I'm like, take me on that journey. <laughs> I know, we'll right. have to convict Trump and then face their voters, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, we're not going to get all of them. I mean, Lindsey Graham is no. running for re-election, and we'll no. never— you know, that's, He's that, not even watching. That deal with the devil has already been made. How Mitch about McConnell, that? I refuse to watch. I don't he dignify also, he this. He refused to watch. He refuses to read because, you know, the fingers in your ear <laughs> philosophy full is— Full ostrich. Yeah. Now, Trump is still, as you say, Trump is still extremely popular amongst the Republican Party. But in which is insane, in 10 of those states where those 23 people are running, in 10 of those states, Trump's numbers are already either underwater or break even before the public trial has even started. Right. Okay. So if Trump's numbers continue to tank in those 10 states, that could be what states are we talking about? We're talking about Texas. We're talking about Georgia. We're okay. talking about right. North okay. Carolina. Okay. Right. There are two senators from Georgia right now who are up. There's Cornyn in Texas who's up. Tom Tillis, in North Carolina, who's up. There's Susan Collins. In... There are Susan Collins. There are 10. There are 10 states where if Trump's numbers continue to tank, it is possible the Republicans running for reelection Susan in those Collins states will decide that it's more dangerous for them to stick with Trump than to abandon him, right? So if you give me but 10 of those 23, but, I get halfway there. But you, but you would say, in order to even get there, you would need to have a Republican base. Their base would actually need to be making the phone calls that say that the president is a crook. They would actually have to feel the pressure from their constituents. And if the majority of the constituents of the Republican Party are watching Fox News, which I'm sure is probably covering like a recap of Westminster's dog show right now, as opposed to <laughs> like the actual impeachment True. hearings, then and then you're going to wait for them to give their cliffs notes following that up with like, oh, and just showing the Republican clips. 
are they really going to receive the information that they need in order to put the pressure on that's required for them to actually do their fucking job? I see the sadness, but... Do you feel the sadness? Because I'm emanating. But... Trump's already at, we're already at 49 to 50% people for impeachment right now, and we haven't had a hearing yet, right? If that 50% number, if that gets to 65, he's cooked. That means you've got that 20% of independents who are in the middle and can't be bothered to make it a bit. If he starts to lose independents, he can keep the Republican base. If he starts to lose independents, Tom Tillis cannot win. John Cornyn cannot win. Susan Collins cannot win. And I agree that we need people telling them that, but those calls don't have to come from the hard, dyed-in-the-wool Republican. If those calls start coming from independently-minded people, I'm wish-casting, I understand, but you could see some movement, and I don't have to get all of them. That's the other thing, right? Republicans do so much better than Dems at keeping their people in line. And Mitch McConnell is going to be smarter and sharper at keeping their people in line. Well, it's part of the problem with, you were talking earlier about how we're fundamentally fighting an asymmetric war. And one of those asymmetries is that the Republicans are more racially and ethnically homogeneous, Mm -hmm. like they're the same people, Mm -hmm. their thought processes and their ideology is actually way more simplistic than mm-hmm. a democratic ideology, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they have less crosstalk, as you were, as you both were saying, you know, they like are more, within... they are less likely to meet people who are not like them. Yeah, you know, they it, don't with... live in big cities quite often. They don't tend to have friends who are not like them. I would have just stopped it. They don't tend to have friends. There's also stop it. There's also <laughs> a psychology, and I'm not making this up. I have read this from people smarter than me about the Republican, the conservatives are more likely to go for the big sort of leader, the big sort of king Mm -hmm. who tells them what to think, rather than the Democratic, the left-wing ideology just does not function in that way. It's part of how you become a Republican, right? Like, you believe in these kind of authority... You're susceptible to these kind of authoritarian tropes. You're susceptible to this kind of homogeneity way of thinking. You, you, you know, one of the studies that I found was so telling was that if you poll people about how they feel when they hear another language being spoken. Mm. You know, the people who react to that negatively tend to be Republicans. And the people who react to that very positively tend to be Democrats. What does that mean to me? It's a question of plurality. Like, you know, are you the kind of person that, like, walks around the streets of New York City and hears 12 different languages spoken and just like, oh, cool! What? How exciting! Or all you want on those people just like, I just, I just want a burger. Where, where can I get a burger? Like, if you're the other person, like, you tend to vote for a Republican. That's why they stay in line, and I agree. It's That's why it's a harder lift to shake them out of their complacency. And we haven't even really talked about how they have their, uh, well, you have, Danielle, how they have their own television network. They have their own state TV. I mean, they, that have only... their, they have their own everything. They have their own pipeline of information that is literally comes into, you know, when you go into hotels and they have that lovely scent and it's distinct to that. That's what Trump, that's what Fox News does in Republican homes. It's like it gives you a stench that's just, you know, a little hint of white supremacy and nationalism <laughs> mixed in with a, bit of, with a bit of misogyny, you know, and then, and then some. And then some some blackface to top it off, to give you just that burst, that scent that stays with you all day. And that is true, and it's important to note, MSNBC is not the same thing on the left. No, there is no no, no equivalency equivalency between what Fox is doing and promoting that ideology and the left. But that's also part of the problem. And so when when we think to ourselves, and if I want to pretend that I have a little bit of hope, 
right? And I like okay. to pretend that every once and again to just trick my mind. <laughs> um, if I if I want to pretend that I have a little bit of hope, and I think to your point, Ellie, if I think that oh, the Senate, you know, getting them to convict and remove Donald Trump is still a possibility. I want to don't want to close that door. The only hope there is, in fact, the same person who is the boil on America's ass, which is Mitch McConnell. He's up for re-election, right? And Amy McGrath, and there is another person that just entered the Kentucky race. His approval ratings are in Kentucky are at 17%. Same and place have, that uh, the guy that just lost was. The right. And the, the, and the governor, the Republican governor, just lost. You know, So you have these things. And so the only hope there is that what Mitch McConnell wants more than anything is to hold on to the Senate. And if it looks like I'm going to have to trade the presidency for the Senate, right? Like I'm going to have to do whatever I can to hold on to Trump, but then that's only going to last me a year. And then if he doesn't get reelected in 2020, then we're screwed. I think that he trades Trump in for his. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Power for I his think, gavel. I think you're being way I too said hopeful. I it's, like it's, I to try and be a little bit hopeful. If, if, no, if McConnell feels like Pence yet. is the only way that he can keep the Senate, then I agree. He will dump Trump in a heartbeat. Pence Haley 2020. Um, oh, God. Oh Did you see that God. horrendous interview? He doesn't lie. He never lied. I never saw him lie. I mean, it was the most And I'm like, bitch, you're disgusting. lying right now. I don't know why Savannah <laughs> Guthrie right didn't now. say it. I don't the, know why she didn't say that. And, you know, well, I saw in Savannah the frustration that media hosts, that lefty and objective hosts have had in dealing with these Trump surrogates, that I could see the steam coming out of Savannah's ears with the gaslighting, the lying. But all of the lies, but did you lie about, because weird to me, Nikki Haley, if I were Savannah Gunthery, weird to me because according to the Washington Post, his tally is over 13,000 right now. And here are the top 10 lies. I'm not even going to go through 13,000 because, you know, time. We don't have time. But I want to go through the top 10 that even the White House has come out to state. So do I want to give you an opportunity to recant what you just said unless you want to do a Sunderland and send me your, your interview uh. questions later uh, on I mean, and then it, I'll read them on the Today like, Show. Savannah was like, wanted to say, you've got to be kidding me because you ask them direct, simple questions and they say, no, the sun is not in the sky. And it's like, <laughs> 
you, you can't be serious. Like, are we? Can we be on the level? I mean, like, he never lied to you. Nothing he ever said. You walked away and go, that's just, I mean, and we have multiple people from insider saying, yes, he lies or he knows nothing or he doesn't know what he's talking about. And she's like, no, no, I, but, I, I, who are you? But this is part of how the, I, to me, this is part of how the media has let us down in this moment, right? You said it exactly right. You ask them a straight question, they won't give you a straight answer. And that would be surprising five years ago. But that's all they do now. And so, like, now, as a host, you have to be prepared for that. Yes. Now, as a host, yes. you have to go in there like you're doing a cross-examination. And the best hosts on TV are the ones who go in there and they know they're doing a cross and they act like it, right? So when Chris Wallace, of all freaking people, interviews you, he is doing a cross. When Ari Melber interviews you, he is doing a cross. When Rachel Maddow interviews you, she is doing a cross. Those are the hosts and those are the media personalities that are doing the best job of holding these people to account for their lies. The rest of us who kind of go in thinking like these people can be expected to be reasonable human beings continually get snowballed. Yeah. I, I appreciate yep. it. And this was a long time ago. I think this is back during the campaign. Chris Matthews had Trump, right? Yep. Remember they were on this, they were on the stage, on seats. And I counted, he talked about what should happen to somebody who gets an abortion. Right. And Chris asked like 23 follow-ups. I am not letting this go. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? And it was like, they should be this punished. Is, they should be punished. But how? Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Right. And like, that's how you have to do it. You can't just ask one or two questions. Like, ask a question, follow up, next issue. Ask a question, follow up. You know, you got to just be like a dog Relentless. with the But that is a different sort of interview that most people are not built to do just emotionally. And most audience members would find problematic. But that would be actual media that would help the audience understand what's going on. The media has not answered for its crimes in helping Trump get elected. No. And we're seeing that reality play out today okay. as we go into the 2020 race, right? And so, like, one of the interesting things about impeachment, to me, to kind of bring it back around, mm -hmm. is that it's at least one opportunity where we are hearing these idiots, these Republican idiots, have to make their case for a long-interrupted time without the media doing the legwork for them, right? So you get to see, you got to see today the paucity of the Republicans' arguments because they had to fill 45 minutes. They had to fill 45 <laughs> minutes without getting bailed out by Sean Hannity, right? They just had to fill 45 minutes worth of conspiracy theory bumpkin. I think when I try to find my way of hope is in that fact that for one of the first times since Trump came down the escalator, we are seeing the unvarnished Republican lack of intellectual or emotional stability. And lack of honesty. And they lack know, of honesty. They know what they're talking about. Right? They know what they're doing. They and they know they're lying. You saw it right at the beginning when Jim Jordan interrupted Adam Schiff. Schiff yep. And he said, you know, well, you know who the whistleblower is. And Schiff said, you know that's a false statement. One and of course, Jim Jordan could not say anything in response because they know that they are lying they, and gaslighting. But they, but they, you know, at this point, I think that we need to stop believing that there are any good Republicans, and that's what I'm always made that's what makes me so angry with politicians in general. You know, the other day, I forget who it was that has retired, but Chuck Schumer gets on. You know, oh, Peter I'm sorry, King. Peter King. Peter Chuck King. Schumer tweeted out, oh. "What an upstanding oh. and wonderful public." service Peter Please. King has done to the people of Long Island. I live in Long Island. Fuck Peter King. Word. He's a terrible human being. Word. He's a xenophobe. He's a racist. And he's been spreading conspiracy theories ever since he came into office. Ever since 9-11. But Chuck Schumer, the Democrat, right? right? 
Right. It's going to get on Twitter to say, oh. Who didn't have to weigh in? He didn't he's have in the, to say he's in the goddamn Senate. Peter King's a congressman. Yeah, like, I am going to be New so. New York, it's New York. Look, Ellie, you know, you're an extraordinary American. You're an <sighs> extraordinary writer. You are top three guests on this show all time. We've had three. We've had three, and you're but you are top. Three. Boom. But one of them was Republican, so you're top two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody Mills. Thank you, Ellie Mistal. Thank, Thank you for Ellie. having me. We will be back next week if there's we, still a country. If there's still a country, y'all. Pray. <laughs> <laughs>